Hello, this is Misty, Administrative Assistant to Dr. Bruce Phillippe from Journey Life Center. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you have further questions about our church, please feel free to visit the website at journeylifecenter.org. You can also call our church office at 419-747-2404. We also wanted to let you know about some exciting things happening here at Journey. First of all, we will be starting Revival with Revivalist Matt Hartley beginning on Sunday, April 7th and going through Wednesday, April 10th. Those services will be on Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 6 p.m. and nightly Monday through Wednesday at 7 p.m. We will also be hosting a student revival beginning on Thursday, April 11th and going through Sunday, April 14th. This will be with Brother Gary Keelan. Brother Keelan shares his testimony and the gospel with amazing feats of strength, kind of like the power team used to. Those services will be nightly Thursday through Saturday at 7 p.m. and again on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. All of these services will be at our main campus. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us at 747-2404. We hope you have a blessed day and we will see you soon. That he is give us a voice like we've never had before. A voice in ministry and a voice in prayer to come boldly before the throne of grace. I, I, I was, one of the services we had, we, we called up people who had a ministry that's, uh, that's under uh, the covering of the church, but it was their ministry. And they're not, their ministry wasn't necessarily part of the structure of our church, but they're under our umbrella. And I think, I didn't count them, but there must have been a dozen different ministries. I don't think we realize that how God is raising people up, giving them their own ministry, and, and we're sending them out, and they're under our covering, and we help them as we can, but they're, they're out there doing something great for God. We're, we're going to recognize them again next week when we talk about resetting hands. We're going to reset your hands <laughs> next Sunday, so don't miss that. Um, uh, God is God is giving a voice. When when I when I when I watched and uh, all the you know the I think it was nine different people and or couples come up and pray and the Holy Ghost began to deal with me and because sometimes as a pastor you do get thoughts in your head you you do get you begin to wonder does anybody pay attention to anything I say up here. Our, our, li- our, our lives changed at all. I mean, what's going on here? But as I began to see these people, uh, listen, I've been in a lot of church. You, uh, uh, you're talking about churches where people have been saved 40 or 50 years, and they're still babes in Christ. Uh, I've been there, and uh, uh, not me personally. I mean, I've been to those churches and, and, and saw these people that have never matured. It's crazy. But as I began to watch all these people get up here, listen, they were praying and preaching better than most pastors I know. It was amazing. And the Holy Ghost began to deal with me and it said, said, you don't realize it, 
But this ministry has been sowing good seed into people's lives. This ministry has been maturing people. This ministry is making a difference. And we're not just here, you know, hanging out on Sunday morning, doing our little Christianese thing. But we're actually uh, getting that word in us, taking it out into the streets, and making a difference. Amen. There are ministries in the church. People have been risen up to leadership. And, and, and in a lot of cases, they rise in leadership here, and then God ra- ra- raises God raises them to leadership at work. God is blessing in so many ways. We're seeing that maturity. And I'm saying, oh, God, this morning, take it to another level. Give us a voice like a trumpet that will make a difference, not just, on, not just so you can holler on Sunday morning. But so you get up on Monday morning, and it. Uh, I remember something Martin Luther said. You know, back in the back in the 1500s. You know, he 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 woke up in the middle of the night, and he saw the devil standing at the foot of his bed. Looked, rubbed his eyes, looked, and he said, "Oh, it's you," and went back to sleep. Come on. We are not threatened by the words of the enemy. We are not intimidated by the culture that's around us. God, give us a voice, amen, that will cut through the nonsense that we hear. As I prepared this message, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, and he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you talk about what they say, you need to talk about what they hear. Because we can't just be hollering any old thing. We can't just be speaking what comes out of us. But we need a listening ear before you have a trumpeting voice. We need what the Scriptures call a hearing ear. You know, you can have an ear and not be able to hear. Hello, all you hearing aid people out there. You can have an ear but not able to hear because And what we don't think about sometimes, we think about sound is just sound. And that old saying, if a tree falls in the woods, does anyone hear it? The answer is no. If there's no one there, there's no noise, there's vibrations. When that tree falls, there's a vibration. Animals could pick it up, whatever's near. But listen, if there's no human there, there's just a, are you hearing me? And I think we see that in the spirit realm. He's speaking, putting out vibrations. See, your ear is not hearing a sound. It's picking up a vibration, and those little bones in your ear will vibrate, send a message to your brain that says, this guy is talking to you. Isn't it amazing how that works? Isn't evolution just amazing? Yeah, all that just happened by chance, and I'm just talking about your ear. Oh, my God, help us in this place. Let me tell you something else about these vibrations. Vibrations. You know, that's why, that's why if you have a, a really high voice, you can actually break a glass. God, give us a trumpet voice from heaven that will shatter shatter walls, that will tear down strongholds. Amen. Give us a vibration from heaven that will smash the works of the enemy. Amen. That's 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 why the walls of Jericho fell down. It was a vibration, I believe. 
Not a natural vibration, but a spiritual vibration. Notice they had, like Joy said, notice they had to be quiet for six days. Sometimes you can't speak till you learn how to shut. Some of you pray for an hour and God's up there scratching his head. I wish they'd shut up so I could say this, so I can get a word in edgewise. How many know you got to learn how to hear? Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 10, 20. Uh, I think all my, most of my scriptures today are the passion. It won't, be, it won't be you speaking, but the spirit of your Father repeatedly speaking through you. Get to that place where you, Jesus said, don't even prepare. Don't even prepare. Now, he's not talking about sermons. Okay. <laughs> I, I heard about this, this, this uh, school, and they were teaching people how to preach, and, uh, and, and, and told, you know, prepare a message. We're going to send you out, and you're going to preach your first sermon. So they all started working and preparing and praying and seeking God, and one guy just said, I, 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 I'm just going to speak. Okay. So they all went out, did their messages. They all came back, gathered, and happened, and they were all sharing. And then they got to the guy who didn't prepare, and he said, well, did God speak to you? Yes. God spoke to me when I opened my mouth. What did he say? The Lord said, you should have prepared. So saying. But, some, but Jesus says, when you're, when you're called into court and, you're, you're, and people are persecuting you, you don't have time to prepare a message. Don't worry about it. When you've got to speak, don't worry about speaking because what's in you is greater than what's oppressing you. And God said, I'll give you the words when you need the words. Amen. Oh, come on, Jesus. John chapter 5 and verse 30. He says, nothing I do is from my own initiative, for as I Hear the judgment passed by my Father, I execute judgment. By the way, that's judgment on the enemy. And my judgments will be perfect because I can do nothing on my own except to fulfill the desires of my Father who sent me. You want to be perfect? Do what he tells you to do. Say what he tells you to say. Your voice needs to be an echo of heaven. An echo of heaven. What he's saying, you need to repent. You need to observe the vibration of heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it is in heaven. There's, uh, I tell you, the greatest services we'll ever have is when we begin to vibrate at the frequency of heaven. I even know the frequency number. It's 777. These vibrations, I'm praying God will give you a voice. Listen, listen. God will give you a voice that will cause a shift in the atmosphere. On the day of Pentecost, there was a sound that shifted the church. Peter stood up. Peter, who denied Christ. Peter, who's always saying dumb things. Peter gets up and preaches a sermon, and 3,000 people representing people from all over the Roman Empire, they all went back, preached a sermon that put a shift in the atmosphere. People were coming from all over the city because they heard a sound, and they gathered around the upper room. Their voice became like a trumpet, and an entire city shifted because somebody had a voice. Psalms 89 of God talks about deep calling unto deep, right? And, and we know that the deeper things of God, we need to walk in those deeper things. 
Um, oh, I'm sorry. Let's go to Psalms 29. Yes. Uh, the voice of the Lord. Say the voice. The voice of the Lord echoes, echoes through the skies and seas. The glory God reigns as he thunders in the clouds. So powerful is his voice, so brilliant and bright. How majestic as he thunders over the great waters. The waters usually represent people. The, mm, no, I didn't. His, his, tymph, his tympanic topples. Oh, that's a lot of T's. The strongest of trees, his symphonic sound splinters. Oh, the, whoo, the words there. Splinters the mighty forest. Now he's, I'm trying to think of the word for that, omnibug or something. Anyway, now, now he moves Zion's mountains by the might of his, what? Shaking the snowy peaks with his ear-splitting sound. Come on, anybody getting this? The lightning fire flashes, striking as he speaks. God reveals himself when he makes the fault lines quake. Shaking deserts, speaking his voice. Praise God. God's mighty voice makes the deer to give birth. His thunderbolt voice lays the forest bare in his temple. All fall before him, each one shouting, Glory, glory, the God of glory. Give him a shout and a praise, amen. That's just his voice. You ought to see him when he winks. Wow, hallelujah. So, so we need a reset in our voice to understand, you know, that uh, uh, deep will call unto deep. Deep calls unto in other words, you have to have a deep, if you have a deep frequency, you'll hear the deep frequency of heaven. We, we need to walk in that. He says, at your, at, at your water, at the sound of your waterfalls. How I many know we need, to, we need to be living at the waterfall of God? Uh, you know, you know it's, the Holy Spirit told me it's hard to take a sip. It's like drinking from a fire hydrant around here sometimes. Amen. I want the fire hydrant blessing. <laughs> I don't want to just wait for a drip, a drop from heaven. Uh, where are you? Amen. I don't want a drop on my tongue. I want, I want a nesty plunge. Come on, let's go. John the Baptist, say John the Baptist, heard or was called, rather. He heard, but he was also called, what, a voice in the wilderness. He was called a voice. He was a voice in the wilderness. Now, this contradicts every known church growth principle today. You don't start churches in the wilderness because there's no people there. So he, he goes out into the wilderness. How, how many believe that John preached to nobody before he preached to thousands? He just went out into the wilderness, and there in the wilderness, he got a voice. Now, we don't like the wilderness because it's dry. It's hard to find water. It's cold at night, hot during the day. There aren't many resources, not a lot of food to hunt. He eats locusts, grasshoppers, and wild honey. I like to think he at least dipped them in the honey. That would make them more palatable. <laughs> There's no Macy's there. He wears 
sackcloth, camel hair, whatever it was. He, he's, he's living like a hermit out there. Isn't it odd that God says, I'm going to, you know, you're going to see thousands touched by your ministry, but first you need to preach all alone in the wilderness. Anybody ever been in the wilderness? But that voice, go home early if you can get this. Isn't it odd that he speaks to no one and everyone heard? Because here's the thing about the wilderness. There's no distractions there's no city there. There's no nightlife there. You know the reason why people don't come to church like they used to? Because they have a lot of options. In the old farm days, you didn't work that day. You had no TV, no radio. The only thing you had to do was go to church. That was the highlight of your social event, going to church. Nowadays, you've got 50 million op to something six day morning. That's why people don't RSVP anymore because they say, I am not committing to something six weeks from now because God only knows what I might be. I might have a better option later. No one RSVPs in, and no one wants to do that because you have options. All kinds of things can happen. And why is it that the church now has become the last if we don't have anything else to do? When are we going to start pushing everything else aside and put him first? Lord, the ones that are here said amen. In the wilderness, somehow people heard and they left the city not knowing where they would get a meal because there's no McDonald's there. They left the city with everything there is to do and they walked who knows how far to hear a voice in the wilderness. You need to understand your voice is a voice in the wilderness. Your voice does not resonate with the world. What you preach, what you pray does not resonate. The world can't figure you out. You know, the world, the world really doesn't care if you pray, but if you claim to hear a voice, they want to they put you away. They don't care if you pray, just don't hear back. But I say, hear back. I say, spend more time listening than talking. Amen. I say, God has a voice. Amen. But you got to get in the wilderness. And your wilderness might be that, that, that chair in the back of the bedroom. Or it, it might be the throne in your bathroom. I don't know. But wherever you got to go to get quiet, get still, get alone with God, you need to find a wilderness. Amen. And get alone with God before you have a voice for the rest of the world. And what I'm trying to tell you is don't be intimidated by your voice because your voice will be out of sync with the world. Don't try to get people to like you. Don't try to say things in such a way that, you know, just speak what God gives you. Don't be rude and crude. But if God calls you, you know, some of you have a John the Baptist call. Most of us keep three feet away from you. But you have that calling <laughs> To just speak in the wilderness. But you know what? Here, here it is. What can we learn? Luke chapter 1. Let me th throw some scriptures out there from the Passion. You can hear it. During the reign of King Herod the Great over Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. How many remember this old Zechariah? 
He served in the temple as part of his priestly order of, of, of Abijah. There were 24 orders of the priests, one of those of Aaron. They were both lovers. Wife Elizabeth was also from a family of descendant of Aaron. They were both lovers of God, living virtuously and following the commandments of the Lord fully. Amen. Okay? And, uh, but they were childless. Sometimes you're doing everything right, but you're not seeing results. Be patient. You're in the wilderness. Your child is coming. Elizabeth was barren, and they were both quite old. Not 92, but they were old. Wow, he's already got a better voice than I got. Awesome. All right. One day, one day, say one day, while Zechariah's priestly duty, you know, and listen, just do what God tells you to do, and one of these days, he's I don't know how many times I pray. I remember early, early in my ministry, I, I began to pray. And how many of you start, you get in your prayer closet, and then you get into, you, there's certain things you pray every day. You got me? You just hit those every day, every day, every day, every day. And I remember one of the, I, I don't even remember what it was, but it was one of those things I prayed for every day, and then God answered it, and I was surprised. I thought, oh. And then, oh, dummy, you've been praying that every day. See, we, we, we sometimes get in the habit of doing things, but every once in a while, you know, but a lot of times God will then break in and, and show us that he's really, he really is listening. So he was on duty. He was serving as priest. It happened by the casting of lots according to the custom of the priesthood that the honor fell upon Zechariah to enter into the holy place and burn incense before the Lord. Mm-hmm. A large crowd of worshipers had gathered to pray outside the temple at the hour when incense was being offered. All at once, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing just to the right of the altar of incense. Now, don't act like that wouldn't freak you out. If you suddenly saw an angel appear right here. By the way, that would help church attendance. Just saying. Zechariah was startled and overwhelmed with fear. Fear. Sometimes the very thing we pray for happens and we get startled. But the angel reassured him, saying, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing grace to you. Duh. For I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. How many years has he been praying for that? I wonder if he's quit praying for that. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to name him. You are to name him. He will go before the Lord as a forerunner with the same power and anointing as Elijah the prophet. By the way, you've been reading through the book of Acts perhaps. Did you notice how many times it comes up that somebody came up and they had the baptism of John? That was, uh, there was one guy from Egypt, from Alexandria. There was another guy, uh, that was Apollos. There was, uh, 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 was it Aquila and Priscilla in, in Ephesus? And they, that was in Turkey and Egypt, and they, a few hundred people, in John's baptism. They say that this is not a, a few hundred people. John's preaching reached hundreds of thousands of people. We don't realize how big this was. This, this began to sweep the whole empire. But he's the forerunner. He said, I must decrease. He must increase. Okay. He will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the 
in tenderness back to their and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. And he will prepare a united people who are ready for the Lord's appearing. Mm-hmm. Zechariah asked the angel, how do you expect me to believe this? Even though I've been praying for this every day of my marriage. <laughs> I'm an old man. And he didn't say his wife was an old woman. He's a smart man. But he said, my wife is too old to give me a child. What sign can you give me to prove this will happen? Oh, you're going to get a sign. You ask for signs sometimes. You may not like the sign. So be careful about your sign. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. (laughs) Zechariah looked like the lion on the Wizard of Oz. I stand, I stand beside God himself. You know what Gabriel was saying? Don't question what I'm saying. I was there when God said it, amen. Listen, when people question you, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I heard from heaven. When you've heard from God, don't you let anybody tear that word down. When you hear from heaven, you stand on the word. I am Gabriel. I was right there in the throne room when God said it. I didn't hear a rumor. I heard it. He has sent me to announce to you this good news. But now, since you did not believe my words, you will be stricken silent, say silent, and unable to speak. Until the day my words have been fulfilled. Sometimes God won't give you a voice until you agree with them. As long as you're arguing with God, as long as you're walking out of step with God, as long as he spoke and you're not agreeing, it's no wonder you don't have a confident voice. At the appointed time, and a child is born to you, here is your sign. Some of you don't know the comment. All right. When Elizabeth's pregnancy was full term, she gave birth to a son. All her family, be careful about your family. Friends, neighbors, they all heard about it, and they too were overjoyed. Sometimes people are happy for you, but they don't like the way you're doing it. For they realized that the Lord had showered such wonderful mercy upon her. Uh-huh. When the baby was eight days old, according to their custom, all the family and friends came together for the circumcision ceremony. Everyone was convinced that the parents would name the baby. That's what tradition tells us to do. Don't follow tradition. Sometimes what you think is common sense is no sense, which is same as nonsense. Huh? After his father. But Elizabeth spoke up. Remember, the angel didn't speak to her. Uh, some, t- some of us get it without an angel. Elizabeth spoke up and said, no, he has to be named John. John? No, John. you got to continue the tradition. Zechariah's a great man. Oh, oh he, he fostered a child in old age. He'd he be man. He's the man. We need, we need to make sure that we honor the past. And I believe in honoring the past and all that. But listen, 
Sometimes you just got to do what God tells you to do. It's fresh every day. New manna every day. Quit living off a rotten manna. Oh, God, help us. But Elizabeth spoke up and said, no, he has to be named John. What? No one in your family line, not only Zechariah, nobody has that name. Listen, we got to keep what God's doing tied to what we were from. We can't have God doing things we're not. I never saw that before. Well. He's not here to keep you, you know, in fact, they have a spirit for that. They call it a familiar spirit. Back off, back off. No, he has to be named John. So they gestured to the father. I don't know why they gestured. He could hear. So they gestured. <laughs> These thoughts never come to me when I'm studying the text. It's, what to name the child? After motioning for a moment... For a writing tablet, in amazement of all, he wrote his name. When he agreed with the name, when we agree with what God's naming it and not what we want to name it, God returned his voice. And he begins to prophesy and he begins to preach. And God gave him a voice. And my, my point is simply this. You've got to agree with the will of God for your life before you get a voice for your life. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Matthew 10, 27, of course, says this. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Your trespasses, your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Watch this. We've read this a thousand. The effective, say it with me, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then guess who the example is? Elijah was a man, listen, with a nature like ours. Say, say it with me. Elijah had my nature. You got it? You got it? He's not, he's not a superhero. And he what? Prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three years and six. And we say, well, I'm not Elijah. I don't have, you know, I don't have a prayer life like that. I'm not holy enough. I'm not, I'm not, the, the prayers of a what? Of a, right, well, well, I'm not as righteous as Elijah. Can I burst that bubble for you? If you can get this, I'm telling you, it'll change. It'll change, because listen, you don't just need a voice for ministry. You need a voice in the prayer closet. You need a voice. He said, come boldly to the throne. You never know. You know what? His sins are forgiven. I didn't ask him if he was. I just said, are your sins forgiven? Righteous man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Alan, you saved? Yes. That makes you a righteous. He didn't say a perfect person. He didn't say you got to be saved 20 years. You got all your sins under the blood? The rest of you, you better get ready. I may come to you next. Just say it real quick. Lord, forgive me. Whatever you got to do, saints. Frank, Frank, you're Italian. Come on, talk to me. Yes, brother. You're righteous. Oh, come on, that's starting to get a hold of me. The prayers 
of a righteous. You don't have to be all that. You don't have to be a Ted. Are your sins forgiven? Yes, sir. <laughs> Are you a righteous man? Does that make you a righteous man? The prayers, not of a super saint. The prayers, come on, William. The prayers of a righteous man avails much. You just need to have right relationship and your prayers avail much.